0: Amen. Turn out, say hello to someone, then be seated. Amen, amen. Yeah. Do take a moment on the way out. Thank you. You may be seated. Take a moment on the way out and stop and look at those pictures. Some of those youngins out there are ours, and we uh, we have a hard time keeping up with all their all their comings and goings. But they're growing up so fast. I think about Max named after my dad, who passed away two months, I think, after Max was born, three months at the most, uh, 14 plus years ago, 14 and a half years ago. Max is now, uh, is uh, busy being a teenager and he is technologically inclined. And he makes, you know, he takes these massive photos and moves things and he, he, makes, uh, he makes little films. And uh, he's very, very technical. And uh, uh, we're very proud of Max. He does well in school. There's Chase. And he's Chase. So smart, it's hard to stay ahead of Chase. He's a smart boy. Smart. And there's Sammy uh, over here. And uh, uh, Sammy is uh, getting older. And, and uh, he's very technological. He works on things. All these kids are so technological. But he's He's like his dad and like his uncle, and he works on the small things, and he's got the details down, and he, he's an inventor. He invents things, and, and, and getting it done, getting it done. And I'm teaching him to box. If you drive by on a Friday, and you see a little kid beating the fire out of an old man, that's Sammy beating me up, all right? It is not senior abuse, all right? It's grandpa, it's papa. It's papa and grandson having a good time, and I'm teaching him what to do. I'm teaching him to go for the knockout, but uh, he, uh, he's a good fighter. He is a very good fighter. I tell him to keep his hands up, because uh, he's so busy, he hit me, you know, he drops that guard, but uh, he's learning the manly art of pugilism and self-defense, and there's nothing wrong with that, and he knows not to be a bully. I'm still big enough. I can I can beat him. But uh, uh, he's he's having a good time and and growing up and praise praise the Lord for him. And then there's uh, there's Annie, and uh, man, she has always been whatever age, going on adult years. I mean, she has always been a little lady all the time. Isn't that the truth? Absolutely. Got her footprint right here. This is that's how old this tie is. All right, her little footprint, and. Um, and she is, uh, she's a fine young lady It's smart, a reader. We, all our kids are readers, but uh, I'll tell you about one in just a second. But uh, she can read. She can read a book, and she can tell you what's in it, and praise God. So I'm just bragging on the kids a little bit. This is normal. You can brag on yours, too. That's all right. But uh, there's, there's Annie, and, uh, and, and then there is Jackson, and Jackson's growing up so fast. He's now in a, a preschool program. And doing very well. I don't know if they've elected him mayor of the class or whatever president of the class. But uh, he he loves. He makes he makes pizza. Calls a pizza. He makes pizza with his dad, and um, we get to see them on Duo Facebook and uh, or do do whoa. We see their face says okay on Duo yes, and um, and then there's little James. Now I told you about. Annie, who reads, well, little James, who is uh, just now how old? He's a couple years old. And uh, we were coming through the parking lot in another location, and there were all 50 cars out there. But when he saw my car, he went, Papa, Papa, like that, and pointed to it. Because he, uh, he, he read the license plate, I think. But uh, uh, anyhow, these kids are smart. They're growing up. They, they make us proud. They make us glad. How many grandparents do we have here today? Raise your hands up high. Come on. Grandparents. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Now we're going to find out how much of grandparents you are. Gwendolyn and I have uh, seven grandchildren. One, one in heaven, six on earth. And uh, if you have five or more, so I'm going to raise my hand. If you have five or more grandchildren, and these can be any of the grandchildren, no matter how they're related to you. By blood or otherwise. If they're your grandchildren, you raise them, had a partner, then raise your hand. If you've got five or more, raise your hands. Five or more. All right. Very good. Now keep your hand raised. If you've got 10 or more, keep your hand raised. 10 or more. Got 10 or more. All right. Ray, how many grandchildren? Eleven. Eleven. Okay. Very good. God bless you back there, Ray and Hilda. Okay, I'm going to come over here. Russ, good to see you and Judy in church. And how many? Twelve. twelve. Okay. Anybody got more than twelve? Go ahead. Go ahead. How many? I'm talking to you, Terry. Sixteen, Sixteen over here, Beverly. Terry? Nineteen. nineteen. Anybody got more than nineteen? I'm bragging rights. Grandkids? Grandkids. 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 Nineteen going... I know somebody out there has got more than 19, but I'm glad for these 19 and for all the grandkids. Let's give Terry a hand. God bless you. And I tell you what, it takes a a lot of time and energy, but it's worth it, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about about great-grandkids. How many of you are great-grandparents? I'm not saying you're a really, really good grandparent, but I'm saying you have great-grandkids. Who's got great-grandkids? Raise your hands. Okay, we got hands, 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 hands. All right, so we're going to start over here. Got great grandkids, great grandkids. How many, Fran? Great grandkids? Four. Okay, come on across. Great grandkids. How many, Dan? Two. All right, come on across. How many great grandkids? How many great grandkids? Don't know? Okay, all right. How many great grandkids, Claudette? One or, two. One or two, all right. Great grandkids, great grandkids. Go ahead, Russ. Three. All right. What about Abelino? Three. All right. Good. All right. Come on across. Great, great grandkids. How many great grandkids? Great grandkids. Great. Go ahead. Nine. All right. Okay. On across. Great grandkids. Go ahead. Ray? One. All right. Very good. I think Beverly is our winner on great grandkids. Let's give her a hand. Amen. We've got our two winners sitting back there next to each other. You're just copying each other. You know that. But uh, God bless all the grandparents and the great-grandparents. And God bless all the grandkids. This is Grandparents' Day. And I'm going to have a special prayer right now. Father, we thank you for the tremendous influence that grandparents and great-grandparents exert. Uh, And Lord, I pray that we might point these little ones to Jesus very early. May they get saved very early. And may they live for you and make a difference in this world for your glory in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. And we do have some congratulations to extend today to Tyler and Carissa. Uh, they are the parents of little Logan, born this week, uh, the day after Labor Day. I think that's appropriate. And uh, also Klaus's little brother. And, of course, all the candies and extended family, God bless you. And uh, we do congratulate you, Tyler. And uh, so, how's everybody doing at your house? Everybody's very good. And we do appreciate you, Tyler, and your service. And praying now for Logan, Chris, and everyone. All right. And then I found out early, early this morning, early hours of today, that Joe and Sonny Williams uh, have had a baby boy, uh, Azen. Azen was born in the middle of the night, early morning, hours. And uh, so we'll get a chance to meet these young'uns pretty soon. But God's people are glad when there's a healthy birth like this. And we appreciate uh, each of these children. And very, very soon, we're going to be reopening our ministries, which will include ministries to children. On the 26th of September, which is two weeks out, uh, if not before, uh, we, we are loaded for bear, aren't we, Tony o? And we are going to have junior church. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. So junior church. And what we'll probably do is break out for that, but uh, uh, we will have junior church. And so we're looking for some helpers. A brother Tony will need uh, a man and a woman Uh, to just help out, uh, so please volunteer for that. On that day, we will run at least one super bus route, possibly more, it depends, uh, and we're going to grow from there. And also that day, we will undoubtedly have some kind of trial balloon breakout on Sunday school. We'll probably meet here to start with and then do some breaking out. Now next Sunday, the 19th. All those in the Hispanic ministry, raise your hands. Come on, all Hispania. Okay, 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 okay. Very good. Hispanic ministry will break out from this service next Sunday, which means prior to next Sunday, we need to do a lot of visitation for the Hispanic ministry. We have flyers. Picked them up from Tina. And we have flyers and packets for the bus ministry as we grow it. All right? So that's going to happen. Now, if... That growth accelerates so that we have to have some children coverage. We'll be ready next week. But 26th for the junior church, 19th for the Hispanic ministry, how much we appreciate our Hispanic ministry. God bless you. And they'll be going from here downstairs where much work has been done. Now, we need all of our children's workers and our nursery people to be on high alert because we are going to be doing some great things in the days ahead for the glory of God. Help us out. Members only, adults only, obviously. We're reaching out to children and to families, but only members in good standing that have been vetted because there is a liability issue. We want to do things decently and in order. The coming month of October is Missions Month, and on the 31st, the last Sunday of the month, as we always do, the 31st of October, we will have our 58th church anniversary. Think about that. Amen. Amen. Bible Institute was a success yesterday. Uh, We have had over 50 tune in so far, and praise the Lord. So Bible Institute is online. You can catch it if you would. 1601 is up there. The next uh, Institute, 1602, will be October the 9th, and uh, 1603 will be November the 13th. So keep that in mind uh, and be part of that. Now, regarding our visitation We're requesting some adult volunteer help. You can see Brother Gabe. Brother Gabe, raise your hand. All right. We're going to be putting some literature together for visitation. No children. You'll have to provide for your own child care. Children cannot be involved in this part of it. But we want adult volunteer help. Anybody and everybody who can volunteer, see Brother Gabe. He'll set up the time and when it is going to take place for us to get going on that. And while you're doing it, you can have a wonderful time of Fellowship. We talked about fellowship uh, last week, and when you read the word fellowship, people think of food and get-togethers, and that's wonderful, and getting together and serving together, that's great, but fellowship is like having some fellowships sailing with you, so that when you get in trouble, you know, there were three ships that left when Columbus headed out, but three didn't make it, and so they had each other to get here to the new uh, to the new continent, and we need a fellowship alongside. We need God's direction and help to be together and working together and serving together because we agree on the doctrine, we agree on what the Word of God says, and we are happy to serve the Lord faithfully in that respect. Once again, let me thank you for your successful and generous giving. The church giving is staying right up there. We appreciate The good offering last week, in spite of the fact it was a holiday weekend with uh, Labor Day, we had a good offering and bills are are being met. Uh, We have Give a Christmas Gift to Jesus offering envelopes, and we're doing that. And I'm not asking you to do anything that I myself am not willing to do. And when we receive the offering in a little while, we want to continue in the Christmas offering through the 31st of December. This will be for certain projects that will be taken on, as we have opportunity. Now, today we're talking about grandparents. We're talking about this important task that we have as grandparents. And the hoary head is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. That's what it says on the front of your bulletin, and that's what it says in Proverbs 16:31. The pictures of all of those. Grandparents with their grandchildren on the front of the bulletin certainly encompasses the, uh, the umbrella of individuals and different backgrounds represented by our church. God bless each and every one. But you know what? This business of being a grandparent doesn't differ a lot in substance from culture to culture, language to language. It's still the same. We love our grandkids. We want what's best for them. We want to know God's will. And whether you come from this background or that background or you come from, you know, this uh, or that, it makes no difference. We want our grandkids to grow up to be all that God wants them to be. And while, in between times when we're giving them those cookies and we're spoiling them, we want them to get the truth of God's word. Amen? And so, let's look at it again. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 31. The hoary head, that is white hair or indicating age. And I know people that they, they get white hair very early or lose hair and become bald very early. But usually that's an indicator of age and maturity. And this says, that is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. I'm going to help you to understand what that means today. Folks, I want you to go out of here with a brand new appreciation for the fact that maybe your hair has turned white or maybe you don't have any hair anymore. Uh, Maybe age has done a number on you, but that indicates the opportunity that we have to make a difference in some young lives. Father, fill me with the Spirit. Help me now as I preach, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We mortals live in this sphere known as time and space. And it has, time and space, has physical boundaries. We know that. For example, I am wonderfully made according to the psalmist. But even though I'm wonderfully made, I still can't dunk the basketball unless it's a six-foot basket or something like that. Now, back in the day when we used to play on kids' baskets and we had an eight-foot basket, I could pretend to be dunking the basketball in a regular regulation ten-foot basket. But uh, was there ever a time, Neil, when you could get up there on the rim? Could you grab the rim? You grab the rim? You could dunk a volleyball? Okay, alright. Afterwards, he'll be signing volleyballs and uh, autographs. I can barely look at the net. Okay. Oh, it hurts. Yeah. There you go. Alright. Time has made a change in us, Neil. Amen. Alright. But what time does, and what space does, besides limiting us, it does offer us, Certain opportunities. You see, I'm not Michael Jordan. I can't dunk it like, like Michael can. I think Michael still can. Dr. J probably can still dunk it. I don't know. Now, you don't know if he can? All right. Okay. He <laughs> can't. All right. I, I know this. I can't do what I used to do. But God has graciously provided us with something that we can do. And you don't have to do it with a pair of Reeboks or, or uh, with, a, with a basketball or even a volleyball cupped in your hand. We focus, unfortunately, on what we've lost instead of what we've gained. We focus on the tedium of life as it progresses rather than on the progress that's being made. We change with time and age. And the second law of thermodynamics is absolutely true. That is, everything is degenerating. Everything is wearing out. Everything is going down. The law of thermodynamics is painfully true in our case. We tire, we age, we decline, we go downhill, and some even say we're over the hill. I'd like to know where that is. If our focus is clouded by these perceptions, all these negatives, we miss the blessing. Now I'm here today to tell you as pastor and as a fellow believer, I don't want to keep my eye on the negative. I want to keep my eye on the Savior, Jesus Christ. You might remember the first time you spotted a gray hair, a white hair. I don't know what your reaction was, but some people just freak out. And they try to figure out how to extricate it. But you don't want to do too much of that either. The world is not coming to an end because we're aging. The world, that which is fashionable, the world system, the celebrity elite, they, they... They want you to think what's important is looking good. But looking good may not be anything more than just that, an appearance of something. Family and friends may even misdirect us and say, you know, you ought to do something about that, and maybe you should. The only reason you ought to do something about that is because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and you want to live long, not because you want to look good. We want to live long and live right. We want to do right. We want to choose right. That's important. So who are you going to believe? All those folks, you're going to believe the Bible. I'm telling you right now, if you are taken up with yourself and what you see in the mirror, it won't be long before you're going to be disappointed. And when you reach a certain age, what is it, about 40? If you really want a shock, take that mirror, put it on the floor, lean over it, and shake your head back and forth. How many of you have, I mean, I've done it. I confess to it. How many of you have ever done that? How many of you were so frightened you never did it a second time? That's true. Because time and space will do a number on you. But I want to tell you, the, the, the more we notice in that realm, the more I realize God has left me here for a reason. You see, nobody got here by accident. Everybody got here by a designer and by design. And everybody who's still here is not here because God somehow forgot you. When my mom got to be 103, she says, do you figure that God forgot me? I said, no. He knows exactly where you are. He knows your address. He knows every cell in your body, every hair on your head. Yeah, yeah. God knows everything. So you're not here by accident. And you're not still here by accident. God has a program for us, and we ought to be as serious about that. A lot of folks think you get to a certain age, you just stop doing everything. They call it retirement. Uh, That's an early grave. You might as well just plan on dying if that's the case. Instead, we've got something new that God has offered us that other people can't have yet. And that is because of age, because of experience, if we take the Word of God and lay it along of experience, we can use that to impact the lives of others who are coming along. That old poem about building a bridge, I like it. I'm not going to quote it for you, but the essence of it is an old man at the setting of sun stood and began to construct a bridge, and a fellow came by and said, You've already crossed that chasm. You've already, you've already gone most of your journey. Why are you building that bridge? And he says, I'm not building that bridge at the setting of sun for myself. I'm building that bridge because a younger man's going to come along and he's going to have to cross. And we are all spiritually bridge builders. At the longer we live, if God allows us to live a long time, don't bemoan the fact, don't mourn the fact that you're not that age anymore, you're not in that shape anymore, you're not you know, where you were once. Thank God that you progressed beyond that. And now we have something to give that back there we didn't have in the first place to give. We've got experience plus the Word. We've got character that has stood the test of time. And the hoary head is a crown of glory, if it is. And it can be in the way of righteousness. That means Bible-based, Bible-living. We used to teach the book of Proverbs to our Christian school kids. For 31 years, we were involved in Christian education one form or another. We had a number of schools, and everybody memorized verses out of the book of Proverbs so that in three years, we would cover the entire book of Proverbs. And it was a wonderful, wonderful thing that we did uh, in teaching this book about life. Not making a living, but making a life. How much more important that is. Now, in researching the book of Proverbs, I discovered this. It was written by inspiration by Solomon when he was king. He ascended the throne when he was 20 years of age. 20 years of age. And he was well taught. But he needed wisdom from God, and so this is one of the wisdom books of the Bible. We understand in chapter 16 of Proverbs, for example, the difference identifying good from evil. If you take this verse by verse, you'll see it speaks about telling the difference between good and evil. And that's basic. People need to understand there are some things that are absolutely good, they are of God. And there are some things that are absolutely evil and they are not. We understand also, as it says in the book of Romans, as I, as I spoke on back to school Sunday, the last Sunday in August, that uh, Paul wanted those Roman believers to be wise uh, unto that which uh, is good and simple concerning evil. We need to have a biblical simplicity, a basic understanding. We don't have to know every gory detail of every sinful thing that every person ever did, but instead we need to know good from evil, right from wrong, and get the proper start that we ought to have. I said I'm old school, but I'm not an old fool. And I thank God for that. My grandmother, uh, when she reached her twilight years, reminded us that when she was growing up in the Dakotas, she crossed paths with and knew Lawrence Welk. Lawrence Welk, a, a great uh, uh, entertainment person, a person with an orchestra and so forth. But frequently on his, his uh, quaint little Saturday night variety show, he would dance with the little girls. And whenever that would happen, it just didn't look you know, like something normal to my grandmother. She was a very godly woman, and in her Norwegian brogue, under her breath, she would say, Old fool, old fool. Sometimes she'd say it in, in Norwegian. So we didn't know what she was saying, but she'd say it, old fool, old fool. We've heard the saying, there's no fool like an old fool. And that actually goes back to 1546. Did you know that? John Haywood was the first one that we know of that wrote about the old fool. An old fool. Somebody who was taken in, who was fooled. If you've got the Word of God in your heart and life, and it's a fabric, part of the fabric of your character, then you know what? You are in good stead to help the next generation along. You're not struggling with your own. It's always sad when we see somebody who's come through a number of years, and they've got the chronology, but they don't have the character. I want to have more than chronology. I want to have character. When somebody says, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, I don't want to bend. I don't, want to, I don't want to compromise on things that are eternal and things that are important. We have 33 verses in the 16th chapter of Proverbs, and I don't have time to finish all of them. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. You like that? Verse 18. It says in verse 19, Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. All of that, very good, very helpful. You can read it for yourself. Back up one. This is one I used to really, really, really bear down hard on with the kids in school. Verse 17, the highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. I said, Here, here's what you've got. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. You're, you're going down the interstate of life. And all of a sudden, something is right there in your pathway, which is going to cause you destruction. What do you do? You take, you take that first exit, don't you? You get off. You get off because you don't want to go on to destruction. You don't want to be foolish about that. And that, that's happened to many people in a, in a physical way driving down the highway. We can recall doing that, coming up on traffic that was backed up, an accident or a storm that was taking place and people were stopped and we found the first exit and got off. Well, that's it also. That's it. This is understanding, understanding and wisdom to depart from evil. How important is it? you got to get into the Word and you find out. Now, what we want to do is to help those who are coming along to find out what we have discovered by the grace of God. This is just one out of 31 chapters. If you read one chapter in Proverbs per day every month, and if you don't have 31 days in the month, read two or several, then you can finish uh, the book of Proverbs 12 times during a calendar year. And uh, you won't... uh, be fretting over physical changes. You won't be fretting over arthritis. You won't be, you won't be fretting about this pain or that pain or, or uh, the white hair or the loss of hair. We're getting a, a new perfect body at the rapture, praise the Lord, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And uh, we'll be changed in a moment, amen, in the twinkling of an eye. Bill Gaither was telling a story relating how a grandfather and grandson we're having a conversation. Little, little grandson, just old enough to ask questions. Grandpa, ask about this. Ask about that. And uh, finally, said, "Grandpa, did God make you?" Grandpa said, "Well, yes. God made me." "Oh, well, Grandpa, did God make me?" Well, "Yes, grandson. God made you." He thought a moment. The boy looked up and said. God's doing a better job these days. (laughs) Don't you just love kids? Amen. Amen. And I have to agree. God's doing a very good job. But I want to leave a legacy. I want a crown of glory as the Scripture talks about it. I thought about it this week. When you think about crowning, uh, we, we move into a realm of deep thought and serious and sober consideration. A crown is beautiful. And beauty, not not skin deep beauty, but beauty is down to the core, to the character. Crown, Crown represents beauty. Crown is the very top, it's the top priority. Crown has to do with value. A crown has to do with authority or power. A crown recognizes its role or station or influence and on and on and on. A crown is very important. And one day we will crown King Jesus and we will sing worthy is the lamb that was slain. Because he is the most important. In the meantime, you get to wear a crown. And that crown is that hoary head, that white head. It's a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness few weeks ago, I preached about the important things in life. I talked about learning and living and loving. And then I came back and that Sunday night I added one more. And I said, you're never too old to learn. You're never too old to really live. For to me to live is Christ. You're never too old to love. That is in the biblical sense of loving. That is sacrificial love, loving what's best for the others. And then I added a fourth. You're never too old to leave a legacy. And I was thinking about that, and even though that message is now, you know, I've closed the door on it, I want to just extend it for a moment and say, what about a legacy? What truly do we want to think about with, with our grandchildren our grandchildren? What kind of a legacy? A legacy in and of itself by its very nature means something that lasts, something that has... Something to it, it lasts, and maybe it lasts a long time. Who knows how long it lasts? A legacy, a legacy. But I was thinking about this. After I'm gone, which could be any time, more likely I'm going to live a long time, but if God has other plans, after I'm gone, I want that legacy to be a legacy legacy of life and not death. You say, but you'll be dead. No, but I want everybody who knew me, and especially those grandkids and maybe great grandkids after, that will have some influence and some molding and some guidance with, I want them to know that there was an atmosphere of life about me. It wasn't being around death, but it was being around life. Being around somebody who knew that, that our life, the, the resource of our life, is God Himself. And that death has to do with sin and, and judgment. And, and those things have been passed away. Condemnation is gone because of Jesus Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You see, I want my, I want my uh, memory to be one of an atmosphere of life with God Himself and His Word being the resource. It was all about life. I want them to say He lived every day of His existence. He lived every day of His life. He lived it. He lived it. I want them to say He didn't just profess Jesus Christ. He lived Jesus Christ. He lived His profession. That's what I want. Now, how can I ensure that? By being that, by doing that, by letting the Lord have His way. Number two, I want to leave a legacy. When they think about me, that's light and not darkness. We preach about this a lot. The Bible is filled, the gospel according to John, the, uh, the first letter of John, the first epistle of John, has a lot to do with walking in the light. So the life and the light. Life, not death. Light, not darkness. Darkness indicates confusion. Darkness indicates a a lack of direction. I want them to think back and say, Grandpa, or Papa, or Poppy, whatever they call me, knew his Lord and he went that direction and he didn't have any problem figuring out what that direction was. Oh yes, he had the hoary head, but it was a crown of glory because he was found in the way of righteousness. Listen to me. And then I thought this. I want my legacy to be one of liberty and not domination. If the Son therefore sets us free, ye shall be free indeed. Freedom. I'm not talking about on a piece of paper but freedom in the soul. Freedom. Freedom. I want them to think about me as being a liberty man. A liberty man. Not license, which is do whatever you want to do your own thing. No, 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 no. Within the the confines and the construct of God's plan. A liberty man. Not a domination person. Not under domination. Not dominating anybody else have taught all of those that I've had the privilege of being a mentor to. It is a sin to manipulate. It is a sin to manipulate somebody else or be manipulated. It is wrong to intimidate. It is wrong to intimidate people. You say, oh, when you're out there on the racetrack, you're out there on the football field. I'm not talking about sports or competitive activity. I'm talking about daily life. We don't do business that way. We don't conduct relationships or family or church that way. We're not about manipulation or intimidation. We have liberty in Jesus Christ. I want to be known as a person who lived every day of his life, who walked in the light, who was a liberty man. And finally, most importantly, the Lord's man, not the devil's. Never want any question about that. I don't want anybody to look at me and say, are are you living for the Lord or are you living for the devil right now? For the Lord. For the Lord. For to me to live is Christ. It's about Jesus Christ. It's not about me. It's not about things. It's not about what we can attain. It's not about what we can accumulate. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. By His grace and for His glory. That's it. A crown of glory. The hoary head is a crown of glory, if it be found in the way of righteousness. I say that to Max and Chase and Sammy and Annie and Jackson and James, and I say it to you today. I say it to everybody. I say it loud. I say it without any hesitation. That's what I desire. Will you also have a similar goal in life? A desire to be that kind of person, to leave that kind of impression, so that people... Have no question. When if Jesus hasn't come back and my life's race is run and all that they can bury they put in that box and there it is right there at the front of the church. There it is. Because of the grace of God and for His glory, I don't want my service to end in a question mark. I want it to end in an exclamation point. For the glory of God. How about you? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking. With heads bowed, how many today would say, Preacher, something in that message spoke to my heart. Slip your hand up high. Amen. 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 How many of you would say, Preacher, I want my life to make a difference, to have an impact for the glory of God. Raise your hand up high. Come on. That's what I want. I want to make a difference for the glory of God. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to extend an invitation. If you'd like to come and pray, we'll give you that opportunity. If today you come to our service and you do not know for sure that heaven is your home, then right now you have an opportunity to call upon the name of the Lord and settle things. I'm going to help you right now with a prayer. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what the Bible says. Would you be willing right now to pray from your heart? Something like this. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, Would you slip it up your hand right now so I can see it? God bless you.